elusive vitamin B5. Its discovery is different from all the rest. The experiments scientists conducted to discover the importance of this vitamin on our health are quite surprising. Today, we continue our vitamin mini-series, only here on the People's Scientist Podcast. Listening to the People Scientist, the podcast dedicated to helping us optimize our health with the latest scientific findings on neuroscience, physiology, and nutrition. I, your host, Dr. Stephanie Caligiuri, a nutritionist, physiologist, and neuroscientist, will be here with you every single week, bringing us information to ignite our thinking to help us be one step closer to the healthiest we can be. Hello, my People Scientist Army, and welcome back to the People Scientist Podcast, where every week I arm us with some scientific evidence so we can all lead the healthy lives we want to live. For episode 44 this week, we are continuing our vitamin mini-series. Today, it is episode 5 of the mini-series, as we cover, very fittingly, vitamin B5, otherwise called pantothenic acid. This vitamin is more of an obscure vitamin. Not a lot of information exists on vitamin B5, particularly by comparison to the other vitamins. So I think what I have to share today will likely be new information to everyone. So as we always do, let's start off with some core takeaways. Pantothenic acid or vitamin B5 deficiency is less common as this vitamin is found in a variety of foods. A deficiency in this vitamin is characterized by tiredness, irritability, burning and tingling of the hands and feet, headache, and potentially some cardiac abnormalities such as a fast heart rate or low blood pressure. Vitamin B5 in its active form is coenzyme A, which plays an essential role in so many processes in our body, such as energy production, fat metabolism, and hormone production. There is some evidence of vitamin B5 being applied to the skin or taken in high amounts as a supplement to potentially benefit skin health. Now, Some food sources of vitamin B5 include shiitake mushrooms or other varieties of mushrooms as well, sunflower seeds, eggs, beef, salmon, avocado, eggs, and many more. Now, let's get into the details. Vitamin B5 has an interesting history, but not as intriguing of a history as some of the previous vitamins I've covered. The other vitamins I already discussed in previous episodes such as vitamin C, niacin, riboflavin, and thiamine were discovered as a result of observing large amounts of people with a particular illness. For example, niacin deficiency leading to the pellagra plague in the United States in the early 1900s led to the discovery of niacin. But scientists and physicians eventually understood that their illness was due to a missing factor in their diet, and that is how those vitamins were discovered. However, vitamin B5 was discovered in a different way. Scientists realized that by studying yeast and how it grew, they could understand what was vital to yeast growth, 
which interestingly holds similarities to what humans need for growth and health as well. So yeast was kind of a model for nutrition research in the early 1900s. So Roger Williams in 1933 isolated vitamin B5 and noted that it was required for the yeast to be able to grow and be healthy. He coined the name pantothenic acid for vitamin B5 from the Greek word panthos, which translates as from everywhere. It was given this name because of its widespread presence in all kinds of foods. Deficiencies, deficiencies in vitamin B5 are very rare, simply due to the reason that this vitamin is widespread throughout all types of foods, both plant-based and animal-based diets. Typically, in cases of starvation or a poor or restrictive diet that someone may follow or in severe alcoholism, other deficiencies will occur more quickly, but will also occur with a vitamin B5 deficiency. So deficiencies in other vitamins, such as riboflavin and thiamine, are more likely to result in an illness more rapidly. Now to understand what vitamin B5 deficiency looks like, scientists had to go to some extreme lengths of providing a diet that was completely devoid of any vitamin B5 to people, and essentially assessed their health over a period of several days. So for example, Hodges and colleagues in 1958, so not that long ago, did studies that surprised me in regard to ethics. The studies they used to do for vitamin deficiencies back then would never occur today and would never pass ethics approval. But because these individuals' contribution, we now have important information on what nutrients we need to be healthy. So we have to be grateful for this research that was conducted still, for the patients that conducted them. So in this particular study, the scientists recruited six healthy men. The scientists wouldn't let the men eat by mouth. They were just able to drink coffee throughout the study period. But instead, the food was given through stomach tubes. So essentially, the food was pumped into their stomach instead over a period of 15 days. These diets were so unpalatable, meaning they were essentially gross and not appealing. So that appears in part why they decided to pump the food through the stomach as opposed to allowing them to eat it by mouth. Because the diets essentially were a combination of casein milk protein powder with a variety of oils, sugar, and cornstarch, and some vitamins and minerals in order to precisely control exactly what the men were receiving. Now, two of the six men received a control diet that had all the vitamins and minerals that they thought were necessary for proper health. Two men received the same diet, but with no vitamin B5. And the last two men received the vitamin B5 deficient diet and also an antagonist that would block the actions and function of vitamin B5. So this last diet was the most extreme way to assess vitamin B5 deficiency. Chances are, based on previous studies of this type, these men were likely inmates of a prison that were granted early pardon for participating in the study. The six men remained on this experiment for 15 days. The two men in the antagonist and deficient diet exhibited behavioral changes quite quickly, such as irritability, restlessness, excessive fatigue, and becoming quarrelsome. The deficient diet group alone also started to exhibit these same symptoms, but a little bit later in the study. Other symptoms such as low energy levels, fatigue, gastrointestinal issues, malaise or feeling ill, 
Apathy, meaning they lacked empathy or care, concern, or emotion, were also observed. Less commonly, they noticed a high heart rate, low blood pressure, and tingling or burning of the hands and feet, and abnormal blood glucose tolerance and insulin sensitivity, which could predispose individuals to diabetes. They did not notice these symptoms in the men receiving the control diet with all the vitamins, so it really appeared to be due to that vitamin B5 deficiency. Now, giving vitamin B5 to the patients after the 15 days improved some of the symptoms quite quickly, such as muscle weakness and malaise or illness. However, some degree of the fatigue and irritability persisted. Now, the scientists in this study did not mention if these symptoms ever disappeared or how long it took for the individuals to go back to their normal state. But this study illustrated the importance of vitamin B5 on mood, mental health, gastrointestinal health, energy levels, and more. I think it is interesting how B vitamins in general have been related to mental health and behavior. If a B vitamin deficiency is possible in someone, then eating food sources rich in all the B vitamins will be very important. But to keep in mind, based on this one study here, it may take some time for the symptoms to revert once it has been added back to the diet. So to be patient with nutrition intervention, because sometimes It can take time for the body to go back to homeostasis or its normal functioning. Now, are there other cases of vitamin B5 deficiency? Well, well, there is a rare genetic disease called pantothenate kinase-associated neurodegeneration in which individuals are born with this disease and they are unfortunately unable to properly convert vitamin B5 to its active form coenzyme A. So this can result in serious coenzyme A deficiency. On brain magnetic resonance imaging or MRI scans, iron deposits can be seen in the brain of these individuals, specifically in a brain region called the globus pallidus. The iron deposits in such a way that it creates a hallmark eye of the tiger sign in the brain of the patients, which can be a diagnostic indicator of this condition. The symptoms include dementia, Parkinson's disease like tremors, abnormal walking, and death of the neurons in the brain. Unfortunately for this condition, treatments are very limited. They've tried chelation therapy or removing the iron from the brain, which unfortunately has resulted in little benefit. So currently for these individuals, treatments are current treatments for dementia and Parkinson's are commonly used here. Taliani in 1991 in the journal Vitamins and Hormones reviewed very nicely how vitamin B5 is very important in its active form coenzyme A because it is an essential cofactor in many acetylation reactions in our body, including the tricarboxylic acid cycle, which generates our energy, fatty acid synthesis and breakdown, which would be particularly important for individuals getting most of their calories from fat or following a ketogenic diet, Vitamin B5 is also important for regulating our DNA as it plays a role in the post-translational modification of histones and other mitochondrial reactions for energy production. Coenzyme A has a crucial role in the generation and breakdown of many molecules, including vitamins A, vitamin D, cholesterol, steroids, heme, fatty acids, carbohydrates, amino acids, and proteins in our body. So for example, if someone has a vitamin A or vitamin D deficiency or or perhaps have an imbalance of their hormonal levels, making sure that they have enough vitamin B5 may also be very important. 
Coenzyme A is also required for the activation and inactivation of many peptide hormones, such as adrenocorticotropic hormone. So it is kind of fitting the name Roger Williams gave vitamin B5 pantothenic acid from the root word panthos that means everywhere, as essentially coenzyme A really is necessary for every system in our body. It is so important just for the human body to function in so many scenarios. Interestingly, there are quite a few studies investigating the effects of vitamin B5 on skin health. Ebner in the American Journal of Clinical Dermatology in 2002 wrote a review on how the alcohol version of vitamin B5 called dexpanthenol has many benefits for skin health. For example, vitamin B5 being applied to the skin can aid in hydration and reducing water loss in the stratum corneum, the most outer layer of the skin. In double-blind placebo-controlled clinical trials, dexpanthenol was tested for its ability to improve wound healing. Dexpanthenol, again, which is the alcohol version of vitamin B5, reduced redness and resulted in more elastic and solid tissue regeneration at the wound site. In an irritation skin model, pretreatment with dexpanthenol cream resulted in significantly less damage to the most outer layer of the skin compared with no treatment. Dexpanthenol also improves symptoms of skin irritation such as dryness of the skin, roughness, scaling, and redness over three to four weeks. Yang in the journal Dermatology and Therapy in 2014 reported that 2.2 grams of vitamin B5 supplemented and taken by mouth reduced measures of acne by about 13% compared to the placebo group in a 41-person double-blinded controlled study. It appears as though the topical application of dexpanthenol to the skin is well tolerated with little risk of skin irritation or sensitization and may benefit skin regeneration and skin health. Now, because vitamin B5 is converted to coenzyme A, which plays such an important role in energy production and fatty acid metabolism, I thought of the question, does a high-fat diet then impact our requirement? Do we need more vitamin B5 if we're eating a higher amount of fat? Well, Williams in the Journal of Nutrition in 1968 reported in rats that liver coenzyme A values in rats fed an 18% fat diet were significantly lower than in the rats fed a 6% fat diet. So perhaps a higher fat diet uses up coenzyme A more rapidly. However, there is no clinical data to support this. So whether or not you are following a high-fat diet, it is important to make sure that you get enough vitamin B5. So perhaps track what you typically eat in a day and add up the amount of vitamin B5 that you may get from those foods and see if you reach your goal. But what is your goal? How much vitamin B5 should we get every day? Well, the recommended amount of vitamin B5 is 5 milligrams a day for adults based on population studies of adequately healthy individuals. Luckily, vitamin B5 is available in all types of foods. So for example, we can get 5 milligrams of vitamin B5 from eating 140 grams of shiitake mushrooms, or 71 grams of sunflower seeds, 75 grams of peanut butter, or 357 grams of avocado, which is about two avocados, 263 grams of salmon, or 370 grams of beef. Now, of course, combining smaller portions of these foods would be more feasible for someone. So you could eat, for example, one avocado and two-thirds of a cup of shiitake mushrooms, and that would give you your daily requirement of vitamin B5. 
There are also smaller amounts that supply around 10 to 30% of your daily value in a variety of foods, for example, from nutritional yeast, beans, peas, green leafy vegetables, whole grains, and eggs, for example. And these foods can add up throughout the day to help achieve the goal intake as well. So as you can see, you can easily get your daily amount of vitamin B5 from food sources, much easier than riboflavin, for example, that I talked about in a previous episode. Now, evidence suggests that the bioavailability of pantothenic acid is in the range of 40 to 63%. So that means that if you take in 5 milligrams of vitamin B5, that perhaps your body will absorb and use 2.5 milligrams of it on average. Pantothenic acid or vitamin B5 appears to be absorbed rapidly following ingestion and results in increased tissue levels of coenzyme A and other pantothenic acid metabolites within six hours. So the effects on our coenzyme A levels are quite rapid within six hours. Now there is no tolerable upper intake level set for vitamin B5, meaning there is no known unsafe level of intake right now. Some studies have looked at taking supplements in the 2 to 10 gram range. Now keep in mind it's 5 milligrams is the recommended amount, so this is well above the recommended amount. And in this 2 to 10 gram range for a short period of time, they did not notice any negative health effects. If we take in excess pantothenic acid, it is hydrolyzed and excreted as cystamine and pantothenate in our urine. But I would still always caution against taking large megadoses of a vitamin if there is no reason for it. So that is a wrap, my People Scientist Army, on this week's vitamin mini-series episode. Pantothenic acid, also known as vitamin B5, is an important B vitamin that plays an essential role in all systems of our body and is available in many types of foods. Its history as a vitamin is different from most in that it was first discovered from studying yeast grow, as opposed to observing deficient populations. B5 has been implicated in being important for skin health, and some supplementation or topical trials may show benefit to skin health, such as some increased measures of hydration, reduced measures of inflammation, increased wound healing, and some reduced signs of acne. A B5 deficiency after eating a deficient diet for 15 days can result in marked behavior changes and as a result should be considered in the context of mental health and wellness. Vitamin B5 is found abundantly in a variety of foods including mushrooms, nutritional yeast, meat, fish, sunflower seeds, lentils, avocados, whole grains, eggs, liver, and many more. So it shouldn't be too difficult to obtain adequate levels of vitamin B5 daily. So that is it, my People Scientist Army. I hope you all have a super healthy week this week. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please take a moment to rate and review the podcast and let me know what you think. If you want to see the papers I mentioned in this episode or for extra tidbits of information, then make sure to follow me on any of my five social media platforms. I have my handles indicated in the description box below. If you are living in the United States, then I hope you have a wonderful Martin Luther King Day long weekend, and I hope you all have a super healthy week. And I will meet you back here the same time and the same place next week on the People Scientist Podcast. Bye for now. I am a scientist simply sharing scientific evidence. 
Some of the clinical interventions I discuss are not appropriate for everyone. Before making any changes to your diet or lifestyle, please do consult the advice of your physician or dietitian. My opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect those of Mount Sinai Hospital and its affiliates. Thank you.